Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. Wonderful. Do please grab your seats. And um, it is obviously a particular joy to be introducing our first speaker today because it's my wonderful wife, uh, Sammy. Sammy is someone who just brings joy out wherever she goes. I got so lucky when she agreed to be my wife. And uh, uh, she's someone who just faithfully serves the Lord, mostly quietly behind the scenes. Most days we probably have someone that Sammy's seeing uh, who's hurting in some way. She uh, endlessly drinks coffee with people, prays with people, she runs Alpha. I think one person every seven in this church has been through Alpha in the last year. And uh, Sammy's, uh, Sammy's running all of that, and she's just amazing. Obviously, I love her very much. I'm very biased. Uh, but uh, when we realized that we wanted to talk about the gift of encouragement, I couldn't think of anyone uh, better to speak on that subject. And then she's going to tag team with Jill Weber. And uh, Jill, uh, some of you will know, but some of you won't. Jill heads up uh, a boiler room community in Hamilton in Greater Ontario in Canada. Uh, it's called the, uh, the Greater Ontario House of Prayer. It is a phenomenal community that not only prays, but ministers to leaders throughout the city. They're seeing extraordinary transformation in what is quite a uh, depressed and challenging city. And they've been going for many years. And Jill is just recognized as a seasoned and wise leader. Um, she, she's currently taking about 35 pastors through spiritual uh, direction because she's in such demand because of the depth of her own walk with the Lord. And the, one of the things I most admire about Liz, uh, about Liz, sorry, my mind's half still in my beef. I do, I do admire Liz, but about Jill is... Um, is she's deeply prayerful. She'll often text me or email me and say, I just sense this from the Lord, or I'm praying for you today because I know you've got this on. So she's the real deal. So that's our two speakers this morning. So would you please put your hands together and welcome Sammy Gregg, first of all. Thank you, lovely. It's very sweet having your husband, also dangerous having your husband, introduce you, but that was very lovely. <laughs> I'm really excited to be speaking to you today. As Pete said, uh, I haven't spoken for quite a while, but it's incredibly uh, good to be speaking alongside my good friend Jill Weber, and it actually really helps to have that backup. This is the seventh talk in our Supernatural series, looking at spiritual and supernatural gifts. And today we're going to be looking at encouragement. Uh, let's read Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. I think it's going to be coming up. Uh, can we go to the beginning of Romans 12, verse 3 to 8? Anyway, I'll start reading it. For by the grace given me, I say that every one of you, to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, 
in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Isn't it interesting that alongside gifts such as prophecy, Paul lists gifts that are more practical and a little bit less supernatural perhaps than like encouragement, generosity and mercy, things that we can all do. It's been really wonderful to look at these uh, gifts over these last few weeks and um, I've just loved seeing everyone starting to step out in things like prophecy, starting to receive um, and start to even um, start to pray for people for healing and even receiving the gift of tongues. But um, some people perhaps might find all this stuff a bit scary. But the brilliant news is that we can all encourage and we can all give. And our gift Sunday is coming up in three weeks. So get ready. (laughs) But um, the fact is that these gifts and encouragement is still absolutely from the Holy Spirit. In fact, the original Greek that Paul uses here for encouragement is parakelo, which literally means comfort. And it's the same Greek root that's called, that is parakletos, which is one of the names for the Holy Spirit. Encouragement, therefore, is one of God's primary characteristics. So it's therefore inevitable that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you'll get a start to display and give off and be encouraging. You'll be filled with encouragement. Now, there was a time in my life when I was feeling really vulnerable, really insecure. All the outward stuff that I'd been involved with, a role, public ministry, platform, that kind of stuff had gone, and uh, for a certain reason. And um, I started to lose my sense of security, my self-worth, And I started to question who I was. It's scary how much of our security we put in this sort of stuff, isn't it? Anyway, outwardly I was all smiles. I was still looking confident. I was still showing people that I was the same person. But inwardly, I was really doubting myself. I was questioning my calling, questioning my identity. But no one knew. I remember going for a long walk and uh, pouring my heart out to God and just feeling so desperate. 
Then I came home and I found a card waiting for me on the doorstep from a friend. And in it, she'd listed all the stuff that she really appreciated about me. And crucially, she'd listed all the stuff that I did or said that no one really saw. It wasn't the stuff that I did or said that was seen. It was the stuff that was unseen. And isn't that just God? Isn't that just how he sees us? He's not bothered about the stuff that's on the outside, our achievements, our CV. He's not bothered about whether we're having a good or a bad hair day. He's... He loves who we are, and he wants to encourage that. I'm trying to get better at the little things, at noticing people for who they are, how they do things. And it's just noticing the little things, and that's the gift of encouragement. It's noticing all of those things. It's more than just saying, you're amazing all the time. Whilst that's good... It can be a bit lazy, and people can so easily not really believe it. They can just feel it's a little bit automatic. One of the things I'm learning to try and do is pray for people before I meet up with them, just to hear God's heart for them. You can so often tell when people have been praying for you because they tend to ask really good questions. They tend to be somehow a little bit more present with you. Be that bit more gracious, that bit more caring and understanding. I love it when I've spent time with someone who's really prayerful because you come away feeling so encouraged. You've probably heard Pete talk about uh, someone called Pearl Lavers because she was one of the most prayerful old women that we've ever met. It rained on our wedding day. Which, to be frank, wasn't what we'd wanted, what I'd wanted, what I'd hoped for. It's not something that any bride wants. But it did. And I wasn't feeling good. But Pearl Lavers bounded up with this huge grin on her face and just exclaimed, Isn't it wonderful? It's raining! And I just didn't know what to say. So I was just, no. Yes, it's wonderful. Rain is a sign of God's blessing. She was just so encouraging. And so it just gave me this new perspective. Maybe I could see that God could use even the weather to bless me on my wedding day. That's the gift of encouragement. That's what she had, and that's what she showed me that day, that God could change my understanding of that, what, what was happening that day, that it, even it was, when it was raining, that perhaps he could bless me even through the rain. And that is the gift of encouragement. That is how you can use it, and God can use it to give strength and courage to people. I struggle a lot with tiredness. And one of the keys to me, for me, to to being able to to be more encouraging is to get more rest. It's as simple as that. 
You see, I need to rest well, eat well, and get more exercise, although Pete and Danny will probably say I'm not so good at the last one. Um, but too often we can run our lives like a 17-year-old runs their, their car with just like a fiver's worth of petrol in the tank. And then we kind of feel shocked when at the end of the day we run out of grace. You know, we're surprised about it, but let me encourage you, it's not shocking, but we just need to get that bit of rest. Can I encourage you over these Easter holidays just to get rest, just to spend time with things that you enjoy, doing some recreation, sleeping well, doing things that give you joy, so that out of that place of rest and recreation, you fill your reserves up again, so that through that, you're able to receive and give encouragement again. Emily's card though it was relatively simple, was able to give me strength and encouragement. The word literally means, encouragement literally means to give courage or strength in order to build someone up. Whilst it didn't change anything for me outwardly, it changed everything for me internally. As Pete, my husband, says, you can't always change your circumstances but you can always change your relationship to your circumstances. Encouragement is one of the most powerful ways we can do that. Who is there that you could send an email or a card to this week? One of the things I find really amazing about Pete is that he always finds time to send little notes or texts or emails to someone. And it's just finding that time, isn't it? Putting the iPhone down, turning the TV off. I'm constantly challenged by him. You're welcome. I want to show you a video now about the power of using our words. Could the lights be dimmed? Is that possible? words we speak to one another, and particularly our children, are so powerful, aren't they? The word for encouragement, or parakelo in the Bible, has many meanings. It means to bring comfort, courage, to advocate or speak up for someone, even on behalf of them behind their backs, and to motivate or spur them on. Edison's mother was so encouraging towards her son that she spurred him on towards greatness. People will always thrive under encouragement, but wilt under discouragement. I wonder if this is a word for someone here today. I wonder if there's been curses spoken over you by teachers or parents or authority figures that you've may be internalized and believed to be true. But by creating a culture of encouragement in our church, in our collectives, we could reverse that curse, rebuild confidence, and speak truth into your life.
We all have such great power with our words that we choose to say to one another. The power with our words to build each other up, to send people out, to give courage to those who are fearful and speak well of people, to enable others to think well of people too. We can choose to do this, or else we could also choose to tear people down with that same power of our words. To encourage, then, is not just a well-meant bit of empathy, but it's a powerful stance in order to help people turn 180 degrees in order to believe what God thinks of them. Who might you see at church here today that you could, just with a kind word or kind act, just help them to see the truth about themselves. I love this church so much. I just think this is one of the most encouraging churches I've ever been in. I, just today, I've received so many texts from people building me up and encouraging me. There are incredible people in this church. I'm constantly blown away by how welcoming and encouraging people are in Emmaus but I've got a longing for more. Wouldn't it be incredible if we could be known as the most welcoming, the most encouraging community in Guildford? A place where people could come and know that they're loved and accepted and just home. Wouldn't it be wonderful If you and I were known as the most encouraging people in our workplaces, wouldn't it be incredible in our neighbourhoods, in our families? What would our marriages look like? What would our families look like if we replaced words of criticism with words of affirmation and encouragement? The great news is that this isn't something that we have to work harder and harder at to try and get better at. Encouragement is a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's something we ask for and receive. Jill's going to talk in just a minute about the fact that we ask the Father for encouragement. And the Father, as we receive encouragement from the Father, so we give. And then just as with any gift, we do. Jill. Thanks, Sammy. That was brilliant. I don't know that I really have much to add to that, but uh, I'll just say a, a few words to, uh, to wrap things up and to bring in a little story from the scriptures. First of all, we're just going to talk for a moment about the source of our encouragement. Um, Sammy talked about it already, but I'm just going to read to you 2 Corinthians 1, um, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's the same word. Comfort, encouragement, advocator, challenger, and exhorter. This is the Father of all of those things. He comforts us. He challenges us. He exhorts us. He stretches us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those 
we can encourage those with the encouragement that we ourselves have received from God. It is a gift. We receive it from the Father who is cheering us on every moment of our lives so that we can cheer on others. Let's just take a moment to look at somebody in the scriptures um, who actually had this great nickname. His nickname was the Son of Encouragement. I'd like that to be my nickname. Maybe that could be the nickname of this church, hey? We could be like Church of Encouragement. Why don't we just take that? <laughs> That'll be ours. We're just going to take that one. Son of Encouragement. We call him Barnabas. And uh, we see him in the book of Acts a number of places. I don't know if he was called the son of encouragement because his dad was encouraging and his grandpa was encouraging. Maybe he was called the son of encouragement because you could see his sonship on him. You could see that he basked in the glow of the love of the father and then shown that out to all the lives around him. We don't know. We just know he was called the son of encouragement. But we see through the story in Acts how that encouragement is manifested. And, and I'm just going to touch on three spots in Acts. First of all, we see him in Acts 4. And he, he's showing encouragement. He sells something he owns and he lays the money at the apostles' feet. Giving is encouragement, right? Giving, giving Sunday is coming. <laughs> and you can also show your encouragement to the team going to Ibiza too. Maybe you've got something you want to give. Because when you give, you say, you know what, I'm in. I'm with you. When Barnabas gave to the church, he said, you know what, this is us. I'm in. I'm giving who I am to this ministry, to what God is doing. So we can encourage each other in that way. That's how Barnabas did it. We see him a little later on, chapter 9. And, uh, and the context of the story is, is Saul has been encountered by God. Saul, who was the persecutor, this murderer of Christians, has been met on the road, and his life has been completely changed. So he's going to the church leadership in Jerusalem saying, hey, it's me, I'm a good guy now, right? <laughs> and they're not so sure. They're like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, they look at his CV, and they're like, oh, I don't think so. And uh, <laughs> so there's a problem, isn't there? But then Barnabas, son of encouragement, says, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. And he goes, and you can tell he comes back. What we see in the biblical story is he reports back to the leaders of the church, and he tells Paul's story, which means he went to find Paul, and he sat down with Paul, and he heard Paul's story. Listening to one another's story is encouragement. And as he listened to Paul's story, he saw the grace of God. He saw that God had done something quite extraordinary. And then after he listened and saw where God was at work, he came back and he stepped into the advocacy role of encouragement. And he said to the church, you know what? He's a pretty good guy, actually. You know, he's, he's changed a little. We should take a risk on him. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Can we reach out to the ones on the margins, on the edges, who maybe other people are not sure about? Can we take a risk? Can we listen to their story? Can we ascertain? Can we see where God is at work and be glad? And then call them from the edges, from the margins, into the center of God's purposes. Can you imagine if Barnabas hadn't done that, if he hadn't taken a risk and listened? We would have like half of the New Testament would not be there. I mean, Paul wrote all these books. Paul ended up being this massive agent of change and expansion of the church in the first century. Because Barnabas encouraged him. So we think maybe this kind word maybe makes somebody's day. And that's true. But a kind word can change a continent. 
We have no idea what we're doing and the ramifications and what will roll out when we encourage one another. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> and then we see a little bit later on, um, Barnabas is, is, is really a proven leader at this point. He's got the, the trust of, of the, the church leadership. So when something new starts to happen out on the margins again, all of these Gentiles are getting saved and being full of the Holy Spirit. They're like, Barnabas, you better go have a look. Tell us what you think. And he goes out and he sees. And, and I love this in the scripture. It, it, um, oh, it's so good. Acts 11, 22 to 24. News of this, the this being the Gentiles coming into the kingdom, reached the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. He arrived and he saw what the grace of God had done and he was glad. And he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. I just love how he operates. He goes, he goes. Sometimes we have to go somewhere. <laughs> we see, we watch, and we look to see where the grace of God is. Where is God at work in somebody's life, in their heart? And I got to tell you, that's a joyful way to live. I just love seeing where God's at work in people's hearts and lives. Guys, you want to be a happy community. You look into each other's hearts and lives and eyes and look for the grace of God where God is at work. You will be a happy people. Barnabas saw the grace of God, and he was glad. And then he just encouraged them to remain true to the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, not being in community, whether it's your collectives or whether it's here or around each other's tables. We need to encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We're his family. We're his community, right? We're a community of encouragement. And this is the beauty of it, you guys. There's so much joy to be seen by the Father and received by the Father. There's so much joy when somebody sees you and sees what God is doing you and then speaks it out, speaks those words of life. A few years ago, I was having breakfast with one of my mentors. I was sharing with a struggle. I just I had a call in my life, some work that God was inviting me into but it just felt so much bigger than me, and I felt intimidated by it, and it just felt like this crushing weight, and I just thought, I am not smart enough or strong enough, and I don't know how to do this thing. And this mentor just took a minute or two. He looked at me, and he saw what the grace of God was doing in me. He called me out. He named me. He said, you know what? And this is going to sound corny, so you know what? Maybe it's not meaningful to you. It was meaningful to me. He said, you know what? You're like a honeybee. You're just, what you're doing is you're dipping in from one community, one prayer community to another and, and sipping up the sweetness and then depositing it in the next and the next. The honeybee. And you know, his lips were moving, but it was the father who was speaking. And it was this word of encouragement that went right to the heart of who I was. And I thought, oh, I can do that. I can be a honeybee. <laughs> And it just, it was like, oh, it was just this love, a word of love from the Father. <laughs> he sees us. His eye is on us. He helps us see one another, speak life to one another. So we're just going to take a minute or two. Oh, look, 1113. Not bad, eh? Woo two minutes. We have two minutes. You guys ready? All right, let's all stand together. 
And I want you to turn to one another. This is what Sammy said that was so brilliant. We can all encourage. We can all speak words of light. We can all look at one another and see where the grace of God is at work. You might not know the person beside you, and that's okay. Just speak a word of blessing. But if you know them, and if you see the grace of God in them, tell them what you see. <laughs> Bring a word of encouragement. Bring a word of life. Because the Father wants to speak to our hearts today through you. We're going to do it all at once. You ready? One, two, three, go. Go. <laughs>